Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Emerald Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the highest flying squirrel, Matthew Henry. Say hello, Matthew. Hello. Yes, that's right. Uh, Ghost flying squirrels, man, at this point of the season. (laughs) Hey, you know what? The Emeralds? They won the first half of the season. I think that means they're in the playoffs. All right. Well, so you know? go flying squirrels, go emeralds. I mean, unfortunately, they're following in the footsteps of the of the parent organization, the team who shall not be named. Um, and they've started off the season this past week. They went they went one and four. I think the, the emeralds have but, way you know, better I believe than in the parent organization. Way better. <laughs> they won in the past week. That's right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is a first for us to go uh, between recordings without a win. I don't. I don't think that's ever happened before. Not when we played this many games. No, no. And and it's also the teams that they're losing to. Yes. That, wow. Yeah, it's not like we're losing to the Dodgers and the Yankees. You know? Yeah. No. Well. Well. Hello, folks. Today is Wednesday, July sixth, as we record this podcast. Ah, uh, it, it has definitely been a, a rough week. Uh, the Giants have gone. Well, we're just going to go ahead and call it, right? I mean, I maybe maybe the Giants will will pull the one the game out today that is that is going on as we're recording this podcast, but it's not looking good. Hey, no, no, right? but they, it's looking up though. They got oh, a, yeah? They got a hit. They got a hit. Yes. Well, Giants are no longer <laughs> being no hit. Okay. <laughs> Well, it's that's four to good. nothing in the fifth inning. Giants have a hit. Just out of curiosity, which one of the Giants got a hit? Because whoever it was, it's a miracle. Uh, that would be Bicra. Oh my gosh, that is a miracle. <laughs> uh, I mean, wow, that's kind of that's kind of. Um, it's actually a double. Uh, he's on second base right now. Where as we wow. record, he's on second base. <laughs> Brandon Crawford had an extra base hit. That is noteworthy. Uh, we're going to talk about Brandon in a little bit, but yeah, I mean the Giants are now forty and forty. Um, they're not in the playoff hunt. Um, they have played two months of mediocre to lousy baseball. Um, they are a boring team to watch. Um, that is, if they're not being absolutely awful to watch when they're making defensive miscues. Um, but the good news is they occasionally load the bases only to leave them loaded. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, it's excitement there. You sit on the edge of your seat. You know, it's kind of, it's a whole <laughs> other brand right. of excitement there. <sighs> yeah, that's you just, right. You know, is, is, is this going to be the one where they finally get a hit with the bases loaded and no outs? No, no, it will not no. be. No, no. Uh, I, I think the, um, I think the takeaway is, is that, uh, folks were with you. 
Uh, we can definitely see it in the stats when the Giants are doing well. We can definitely see it in our stats when the Giants are not doing well. So those, those of you that are hanging with uh, with us, thank you very much. Yes, yes, thank you. Because you know, if you weren't here, it would just be our mom, and and you know, she's great and all, but you know, you can only you can only get so many like, oh, you sound so great, son. You know, from you know before it gets a little old. So really appreciate those of you who are sticking around for this, yeah. uh, you know, insightful Giants are now Emerald and Flying Squirrel commentary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing makes you feel more like a 46-year-old man sitting in your closet than your mother telling you how good your show is, your podcast is. <laughs> uh, so, so stick with us, folks, because we're you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about how to get through moments like this, how to still appreciate this team even during these times. And Matthew and I have a lot of experience with this. I mean, I know we all lived it in the last four years, but, you know, uh, Matthew and I lived the first halves of our lives with the Giants being lousy. Yeah, and we so, couldn't even drink then, you know? So That's right. Was... That's right. <laughs> At least and now that... we can drink. That's right. And that's the first thing that we would suggest. Grab some alcohol and keep it close. Uh, and on that note, Bob, ask Matthew the question. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, thanks, Bob. Well, it was the 4th of July this this past week. And, and, and you know, we did the typical 4th of July stuff at the old Henry household. We barbecued and uh, burgers and... Uh, and had corn on the cob and, and of course, watermelon. And then after dinner, we walked down. We have a little park down the street from our house that has prime viewing area for our community's fireworks show, uh, which is amazing. So that was nice, you know, and watched the fireworks. But yeah, there were only like eight of us at this dinner and I bought a whole watermelon. And so we had a lot of watermelon left over. So I decided that I was going to use the watermelon to try and find a cocktail that I could uh, share, you know, with everyone here. A nice summer drink, and you know, watermelons are big this time of year. And so, uh, so this one's a watermelon basil cocktail. I don't have a fancy name for it. That's just kind of what it is. And you take like four or five one-inch chunks of fresh watermelon, and you muddle that in a in a cocktail shaker, and you add seven basil leaves and just rip them up and throw them in half and throw them in there. I know seven sounds kind of odd, but six wasn't enough and eight was too many. So seven for me is what it ended up being. Uh, then a couple ounces of gin. I will say that I've tried this with both a dry London gin as well as a craft botanical kind of gin. And I uh, probably like the botanical one a little bit better just because it adds more depth and a lot more, you know, a lot more flavor and, and nuance to it. Uh, but both are, are just are nice. And, uh, and then half an ounce of rich, simple syrup. And you throw all that in with some ice into the cocktail shaker and you shake it up until it's really cold and pour it into a coupe glass and garnish it with a, with a little sliver of watermelon and uh, it's a nice, refreshing summer drink. And uh, I will say you could play around with the sweetness on it with the simple syrup. You know, if you don't like it as sweet, the wet watermelon's sweet enough. You don't have to put as much sugar in it. But uh, yeah, I have half an ounce. Uh, that seemed to be fine for me. Um, and that's what I'm drinking today. It's a nice, uh, summery watermelon cocktail. Is it? Is it a watermelon sugar high? <laughs> um, no. 
Um, it's, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not Harry Styles, uh, in incarnate. It's just a nice cocktail. Uh, I don't, I don't think we need to go there. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but I did catch the reference because, you know, I have a teenage daughter who just thinks Harry Styles is the best thing since sliced bread. So yeah, I, to, to all my fellow Gen Xers, I apologize for knowing (laughs) that reference. Um, well, that sounds like a lovely cocktail. Don't you think, Bob? Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It is, it is. I, I, I would highly recommend mashing up watermelon in your muddle when you're doing anything with vodka or gin. And and, and, and ample simple syrup. Uh, watermelon's never sweet enough. I, you know, just extra simple syrup. Yeah. Bob, what about me? Okay, yeah, but before Bob does, I want to give you a little update. Mm. So, Joey Bart just hit a <gasps> home run. What? Uh, so now it is four to three. So we may have to redo our little intro with the, our negative thing because now I'm feeling a little optimistic. Like, can I go? They're only a run down. And it's not like the seventh inning. It's still like half the game left. And we could probably score another run and maybe. Don't don't worry, Matthew. <laughs> the only two reliable relievers we have left, Dominic Leone and Camilo Doval, will find a way to ruin it just like they did yesterday. <laughs> Fair okay, enough. Fair enough. So, yes. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I was getting optimistic. It's just you know, every now and then a little glimmer of optimism shows up, and I try to grab it. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, Brandon Crawford hit a double, and Joey Bart hit a home run. It feels like day two of the season, and everything's going just the way we thought it would. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, maybe, maybe this is the, the turnaround. Year. Rookie of the year candidate, Joey Bart. Yeah, hey, you know what? Maybe he hits 30 dingers in the second half of the season, and he wins that award. Interestingly Uh, enough, my my notes say it was an umpire review for fan interference, so a fan helped Joey Bart out in in this home run. I hope that fan's wearing a Giants hat. (laughs) I really do. I really do. Because because the Giants need all the help they can get. And if we all need to get out on the road and start interfering with baseball's folks, then that's what we need to do. I'm down. I'm down. All right. Well, Bob. Bob, hit me. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. I am drinking a a cocktail known as the Hugo cocktail. It's actually quite simple. I I was just doing a bunch of exploring and research based on all of the ingredients that I I have in in my bar. And um, I was playing around with the the elderflower uh, liqueur list, and I came across a, a very simple cocktail called the Hugo cocktail. It's uh, one ounce elderflower liqueur. I'm using Saint Germain, uh, and then you add to that um, a couple of splashes of well, one or two splashes of club soda. And these are just little splashes, so just one one dink, two dink, and you're done. And then on, you put that on ice, stir it slightly, and then you top it off with uh, three ounces of Prosecco, or any sparkling white wine really will do. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit more than three ounces. I just filled it until the glass looked good. Uh, and then you garnish that with mint. And that's it. And it creates this very uh, light and refreshing, almost like a uh, a low carbonated sweetened soda with a, with a little bit of an alcoholic kick to it. it. It's a little low on the ABV. Everybody listening to the show knows that I usually like to kick it up, but this one's actually kicked down. So I'm actually on my second one already. 
And I, I think I'm going to have two more before we end the show, <laughs> just to just to keep pace, um, because uh, because it is very light, but uh, but it is very refreshing. I, I'm this is actually a go to for sure. Um, if you have if you have excess prosecco and you've got that bottle of Saint Germain, you don't know what to do with. This is what you do. It's very good. All right, but not not really helpful when you're trying to you know drown your sorrows in giant losses. You know, it doesn't really give that kick. You know, no, it doesn't. And um, and for that, I would just suggest a couple French seventy fives. There you go. There you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which which still makes use of the the sparkling white wine, but's got a basically a gin sour underneath it. So. Well, you're going to need a couple of those French 75s because the the, the umpire fan interference call was overturned on review. And uh, Joey Bart only hit a ground roll double and scored one run. So now, uh, and then Wade Jr. hit a, sacri- uh, a fielder's choice ground ball on the infield to score a run. Mm-hmm. So it's only four to two. So the, the Giants are definitely losing today. So just want to. <laughs> because that's just the way the Giants season goes, right? They give Good. you a little bit of like, wow, yeah. there's some hope. And then, nope, nope, no yeah, hope. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, right. I don't think we're supposed to tell people what's happening in the baseball game, Matthew. Um, all right, well, sue me. You know, Major League Baseball. I don't know. You know <laughs> maybe the Giants should play better. Hey, is it true that Gabe Morales is umping in this? In this? Uh, in, in this? Is is that? Is that? Yes, what I he saw actually yesterday? had some check swing calls uh, that Hunter Pence wasn't letting go of uh, the other day, which was kind of funny. Mm, yeah. Well. Anyway. So Matthew, the Giants stink. Yes, they do. And it, it really, really... Now, look, the season is long. I, I think there are plenty of references that we can point to that demonstrate why the Giants can turn this around. There's plenty of time left, right? Like, the Braves last year were playing about this kind of baseball at this point in the season. They went on to win the World Series. Without their best player. That's right, without their best player. The 2014 Giants had a stretch like this where everybody was certain that they were, you know, they were done. They went on to win the World Series. So we've even seen our own team do it. And and that is actually, as we talked about last week, th- that is kind of the plan, right? We're going to talk about other things that the Giants might be able to do to make the team better. But for all intents and purposes, that seems to be the plan right now is that we're just the Giants just are going to play better, right? They're not going to play as bad defense. And I don't want to beat that horse anymore because, you know, the media has finally caught up. I've been I've been complaining about the, the defense for, what, six weeks now? Yeah. I don't know. It's everywhere now. Everybody's talking about it. They talked about it on the Giants TV, you know, post-game show. Like, everybody now finally understands how bad this defense is. It's like the second worst team in baseball. So I, I don't think we need to, to bang on that. I don't, we don't need to kick that horse anymore. It's dead. But I, I, think it, I think it would be at least, you know, it might help us get through the shock and disappointment that we're feeling to really understand why this has happened, especially after they were playing, you know, they won 107 games last year. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, this team is, is roughly the same. It's not exactly the same, and maybe that's why they're not playing as well. But so I, I think it would be worth talking about what, why, what's the problem? Why is this team so bad 
aside from the crappy defense. Well, I, I got curious about that, and I was I was sitting you know over the long weekend thinking about you know the Giants playing like crap on the three days that I get to watch them play, and uh, decided to kind of do a little research on what uh, the offense looked like in 2021 versus what it looks like now by position. And uh, so I went through and I looked at like and then where they ranked um, as it relates to weighted runs created plus. Now, weighted weighted runs created plus is basically a metric that uh, basically determines how how many runs you create. uh, And and what the weighted part is that it takes into account uh, ballpark and, you know, all the kind of variables and tries to make them comparable across uh, the whole league and eras for that matter. I mean, you can compare weighted runs created plus with any player in history and get a comparable score right so it's a good indicator of kind of you know the whole idea is to score runs and create runs and so it was a good indicator of of that and so i went through and looked at it and uh what was interesting was that it wasn't the outfield that was a problem um that's the problem this year because last year uh the outfield uh was was good you know, they had their right field ranked second in weighted runs created plus. Uh, I'm sorry, seventh in weighted runs created plus. In center field, they ranked sixth. And in left field, they ranked fourth. Uh, this year, in right field, they ranked fourth. Center field, they ranked third. And left field, they ranked third, which means every position in the outfield is better in weighted runs created plus than they were in 2021. So you're saying. Now, one of these days, Matthew, I, I'm going to understand what this stat is. I, I listen to you very closely every time, and I I don't know. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like the Charlie Brown teachers. It's just like wah 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 wah. <laughs> but basically, what you're saying is this measures their offensive abilities. Yes, their ability to right? create runs, which is the and name. So of what the you're game. saying is the outfield relative to the rest of the National League is actually better this year offensively. Than it was last year. Yes. Last year, as a collective outfield, the Giants outfield ranked fifth in weighted runs created plus. This year, they ranked second uh, in the entire National League. Uh, their batting average is higher than it was last year. Their uh, their on-base percentage is higher. And um, their, their slugging is slightly lower. But overall, they are um, right on par with where they were. Slightly above, actually, where they were in 2021. Then you go to the infield. And the most glaring, the most glaring um, problem, uh, well, is is you, you kind of you wonder what the impact of of Buster Posey retiring was, and uh, it was huge. Um, last year, the Giants catchers uh, batted two seventy one. Of course, you know most of that was Buster Posey and Kurt Casale. This year, Giants catchers are batting at buck ninety eight. And uh, their weighted runs created plus last year was 119, meaning they were 19% above league average, which was first in the National League. This year, it's 86, which means it's 14% below league average because 100 is average. Uh, and they rank ninth in the National League. Uh, so big drop off uh, from, from last year to this year. Uh, but it doesn't end there. Like So last year at first base... The Giants were the number one ranked team in weighted runs created plus and first base. This year, they're 12th. Last year, uh, we were eighth at second base with 98, which is about average. This year, we're below average. We're ranked 12th uh, in in uh, weighted runs created plus for second base. Shortstop is where it gets really 
you know, where, you know, you start to kind of really see it. Uh, you know, Brandon Crawford in his MVP caliber season last year was ranked number one. And in, in this year, shortstops are ranked 10th. And so uh, the only one that we're actually comparable to is at third base with Evan Longoria. And even then, because he missed some time, uh, third base is a little bit lower than it was last year. Last year, third base ranked second in weighted runs created plus. This year, it's fifth. Although our weighted runs created plus is actually higher this year than it was last year, indicating that the National League is a little bit better at third base this year overall. So, so what that tells me, Ben, is the old guys are screwing us. Uh, the Brandons, okay. the Brandons in particular. Okay. Okay. This is good. This is good because because I want to know who's to blame. Yeah. As a fan, somebody is to blame, right? Like. Yeah, but you don't want it to be these guys, right? You don't want it to be the Brandons. <clears throat> no, I, I don't want it to be the Brandons. So, I, 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 mean, I don't people want on Twitter it to who be. Are like I love Brandon Crawford. I love Brandon Belt, and I was one of them. I love Brandon Belt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know yeah. I, I dressed as Brandon Belt for Halloween for last year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so you know Brandon Belt is my guy, but my guy is not playing like Brandon Belt. You know, I love I love Richie Aurelia. I love Sean Estes. I love Hunter Pence. I even kind of like George Contos. As commentators. <laughs> so you're saying, okay. you're saying Brandon Belt could be joining them in the booth? I'm saying I'm saying that there comes a time where everybody's gotta move on, right? Or you gotta or you gotta prove that you still got it. Um and and I definitely want somebody to blame. I, I'm not saying I want to blame those guys. But but I mean that that's pretty clear to me. I mean you're you're telling me that they were number one in the National League on offense last year, and in in first at first base and shortstop, and now they're number they're twelfth and tenth. Yes. Right. That I mean that I I think we can that from an offensive perspective, those two guys. I I'm going to add a third person to this list, who 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 I think I can and I'm I'm willing to blame him in this situation. This is the only reason the only situation I'd be willing to blame that he's done any wrong in my eyes. But it's the Brandons. Like the Brandons are playing like old men. Right? Yeah. They're playing like they're playing like guys who don't deserve to be there. And and it is absolutely night and day from last year, which is why this team feels like it's night and day from last year. So I definitely blame the Brandons. But I don't know that I blame them more than I blame Buster. Mm. For leaving us like this. Yeah. You know, just just turning his back on us and saying, like, I'm going to go cure childhood cancer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thanks. It's been great. But see ya. What about me, Matthew? That's right. That's right. Selfish, Buster. Uh, selfish. Yes. <laughs> so selfish. <laughs> but I, I mean, it, but seriously, though, I mean, like, but that's obvious, right? I mean, the, the fact of the matter is we knew that that was going to happen, right? We, we hoped that Joey Bart would, would, would step up. But, but I, I think that we all knew that that was a crapshoot, right? We all knew that there's very unlikely that anybody's going to have play to that level. Right. We all hope that Joey would, you know, I don't know. I thought 20 home runs and a 240 batting average for the season would have been great. Right. Yeah. Um, we got something way worse than that. 
But uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, I, I think, it, you know, it doesn't get any more glaring than that. And I think that really is at this point why everybody like, you know, that's that's why we're, we're just waiting for the Brandons to get better. Right. Well, and I, yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, Brandon Crawford just came back from the 10 day IL and, you know, hoping that uh, if there was something bothering old Brandon, that uh, this 10 days took care of it because we need him not only defensively, but we need to see at least a reasonable facsimile of the Brandon Crawford we know offensively because he is right. our, our he's the only guy in that uh, that we can rely on at shortstop. Right, right. Well, okay. That's, I mean, I, I think that's fair. I, I think, I, I, but I do want to make sure that we at least hold everybody else up to uh, to the light to see if, if who else might be responsible. Do you think this, any of this is on Kapler and the coaches? Like, like, let me just say, like, if they lose, if they lose another seven straight, could you see Kapler being fired or another 10 straight? No. I, I don't think Zaidi's the type that's going to fire somebody midseason because uh, he seems to be more cerebral than that. He's not kind of a reactionary kind of guy. But but it absolutely is, you know, part of, you know, I think part of the problem is Kapler and the coaches. And you wonder how much, uh, you know, the Giants had some of their coaches poached this last year. Uh, by other clubs, and you wonder how much of that has made uh, a difference. You know, um, the hitting coach for the the main hitting coach for the Giants, you know, left to be the hitting coach of the Rangers, and so you know, is does that make a difference? I don't know. You know, Kai Correa is supposed to be this defensive guru teaching guys how to play defense, and yet our defense is historically bad. So yeah, the coaches have to take some of that heat for sure. Well, and I would, I mean, I would add to that one of the things that I keep hearing you know i keep reading like all of the the interviews after the games like because it's like this team is playing very very poorly right now so so what are we going to do about it right and and so i listen to what kapler has to say i listen to what the players have to say and there's this one message that keeps coming back to me or that keeps coming up which is like we need to play with more energy yeah more more fire rodan said that this week yeah right and i think kapler has said that as well but I'm like, but but my question is, is like, isn't that a leadership issue? Isn't that something that the coaches should be trying to infuse, motivating these guys? I mean, you know, it, it's. Well, yeah, I, I just wonder, like last year, you know, it was Buster Posey's last season. And I feel like, you know, Buster's the kind of guy that's not going to let anybody mail it in. Right. I mean, yeah, as a as a teammate, as a leader, uh, I think, you know, Buster was well revered in the clubhouse and as Buster did so did everybody else and I think this year you relied on the Brandons maybe to offer that leadership uh and they've been injured they've been out they haven't been performing and so it's hard to kind of lead when you're you know worried about your own you know uh imperfections so I just right. you know maybe that's kind of contributing to it as well right well I mean then well then it means it has to fall to the coaches at that point right yeah. uh somebody's got to be out there challenging people um okay well so so that's that's one group i i mean i i definitely think everybody's to blame and and i think the coaches certainly are part of that but in my book i think that aside from the players aside from the brandons not performing aside from buster retiring 
I think the people that are most responsible for this is the front office. Mm. Right? I, I mean, I think it was a little bit presumptuous to look at this roster after Buster Posey had left, right? You lose basically the most productive, best offensive player on your team last year. And, you know, a very, very strong leader, right? We all know that Buster wasn't a vocal leader, but he led by example. And I'm certainly sure that nobody was going to do things that were improper when Buster was around. Yeah. Right? So he led in that manner, right? You lost Buster Posey. You lost Kevin Gossman. You let him walk away, apparently. I mean, you know, you go back and... Didn't look even make an happened. offer, right? That's Didn't what, even that's make what he him said. an offer. Yeah. Didn't even make him an offer. You let him walk. And you looked at the rest of this roster and you said, it's good enough. And I know they took runs at a bunch of free agents, but they didn't land any. Right? They didn't get, um, you know, Nick Castellanos. They didn't get Suzuki. Right? My my question is why? Why didn't we get one of those guys? Well, I, I think it was because they weren't comfortable with the long-term contracts. But I think that that's... So I have two thoughts on this. With the, When you talk about the, the... First of all, with the contract issue. Uh, on one hand, I get it, right? You know, generally, long contracts look bad at the end. You know, uh, you, you think of Samarja or you know those kind of contracts that maybe were good the first year or two and then and then aged poorly. And you know, you're paying a guy, you know, ten to fifteen to twenty to twenty five million dollars a year who's batting, you know, two twenty and giving you half the production. So I. I get that the Giants are a little bit weary of that, but I also feel like maybe that's just the cost of doing business. And, you know, if you want top talent, you're going to have to overpay in the terms of years. And that's because other teams are doing it. And, you know, that's just the way it is. Now, I will say that I don't think that, that Zaidi and the the front office um, necessarily want to go all in yet. You know, I don't I think they have a plan on the rebuilding process. And last year was a was a fortuitous fluke, right? I think um their goal is to field a competitive team as they build their farm system and build players that can kind of fill in as they as they mature. And they're not there yet. Their their draft picks are still in the A ball and double A at the highest. I mean, you're starting to see some movement now, but you know, our our best prospects are still young. And so I think that the I think Farhan and them are in it for the long haul and they're kind of trying to 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 field a competitive team using analytics as the guide. And they did a pretty good job last year lining it all up. And this year uh, they fell a little short. But I, I, I think that the long term plan is that, you know, they're going to be good in two to three years. And whatever we can do in the meantime is just gravy. Now, uh I think the downside of that is that fans might get restless, fans might uh, be upset, you know, they might have an impact on attendance, all those kind of things uh, in the meantime. But uh, I don't I don't think that they're really going all in. And I guess the next 30 days will tell us because when the trade deadline hits, we'll know whether they're all in or not based on what they do. I, I mean, I hope so. I hope so. I hope you're right. I, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Look, I don't like contract long contracts. I hate long contracts. And I think Giants fans have seen plenty of bad long contracts, right? Yeah. Barry Zito, 
uh, Jeff Samarja, you know, Cueto. Cueto was a, was a was a perfectly fine fifth starter last year, but we were paying him a ton of money. Yeah. Right. You know, we've seen a lot of bad long contracts as San Francisco Giants fans. Like, they're they're not new to us, and so I don't like them either. That being said, I think you're absolutely right. It, you know, we're in a market now where that's what you need to do to get the kind of players that you want to get. And if you're saying I won't do long contracts, you're saying I won't sign free agents. Yeah, or at least good ones, like it, right? Yeah, you're not going to sign good ones if you want long long contracts. If you don't want long, contracts. right? You're going to sign guys gonna... that have question marks who might right. be might be a hit or miss. You know, maybe right. And so, so my thing is, is like, okay, look. So, what's the problem with signing a couple of guys for four to five years, who, who are on, at least relatively on the younger side? Maybe they're in their thirty, thirty-one year at the end of that contract. Like, I think the Giants have demonstrated that players of that age can still play well, right? Yeah. Mike Yastrzemski is 31. Mike Trout is 30, right? Like, there's no reason that being in your early 30s means you're going to be a bad ball player. And so, like, if the Giants had signed some of those guys, they would be, yes, they'd be older, but they would be there when that young core is starting to come up, right? Yeah. And, yes, they might block some of that young core, but maybe you put those guys on the bench, right? You know, like, and you let them be veteran leaders on the bench. My, my point is, is that, like, you can sign these guys to these longer contracts and they'll still be relevant when your team gets good. Um, I, so, so you know, I, I, I hope you're right because I, part of me wonders if, if this is just going to be the way it plays out next year and the year after, right? No, like the Giants are going to lose out on all of these great free agents because they're just not willing to do what other teams are willing to do. And, um, and, and I hope you're right. And 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 I and I, I part of me wants to believe you because I do look at these. I I think you know it's since last year I've been talking about when are the Giants going to be good, and I've been saying twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. Yeah. But looking at the ages of these younger players and the progression through the minors, I think it's actually twenty 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 four, twenty twenty five. Well, right. I mean, especially because some of the some of Zaidi's draft picks have not been. You know, performing lights out. You know, Patrick Bailey struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, he mm-hmm. hasn't made it beyond, I think, high A. I mean, so there's, you know, it's not like the guys that he's picked are all of a sudden, like, you know, just jumping through the minors and getting ready to play, you know, at the highest level. Yeah. So I, I, I would I would agree that, that it does appear to be that we're looking for, for the 2024-2025. At the same time, that's a long time to ask a fan base to wait. Yeah, that's a lot of cocktails, Ben. That is a lot of cocktails. That is a lot of cocktails. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of bad baseball to watch, especially for a team that seems to not like defense. You know, for a front office, it seems to think I want to find the worst defensive players I can. (laughs) Um, And uh, and so I just I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Like. You know, I, I I mean, the one thing I do want to touch upon is like sometimes you hear these these rumors around, you know, free agents don't want to play in California because of like, you know, taxes or or travel. Right. Yeah. Like, like those are the two big reasons. But I think my my counter argument to that is it doesn't seem to hurt the Dodgers. <laughs> it doesn't seem to hurt the Sharks, the San Jose Sharks. Right. The San Jose Sharks have been a great destination for free agents. I, I know they've, they're on a bad stretch, but like, you know, think back five, six years ago. Like they were a destination team. But you know who has higher taxes in California is Canada. 
Canada. Right. Yeah. And Gosman, you know, was perfectly hot fine signing with Toronto. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I think. This yeah, is a I mean, the, the whole Gosman thing really bothers me just because, like, they didn't make him an offer. I, I, I think uh, I'm not as worried about him, though, because it's sort of like I, I feel like the one area where the San Francisco Giants haven't been that bad this year is their starting pitching. Yeah, well, they right. yeah, I, I think that they they I think the Giants felt like Gosman was on the way down and they got the best of him. You know, uh, while he was there, and, and boy, were they wrong! They were wrong, yes, exactly. And so, yeah, and I think not giving them even an offer. He's shows. better than he's ever been. Yeah, as a Toronto Blue Jay. Yeah, he's better than he's ever been for sure. And I think he deserved better. I think that's the one area where they really screwed up. They did not. Um, they, they misfired yeah. on that. I mean, that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth too, and that and that word gets around too. So I think they've definitely messed that one up. They for sure should have at least made a competitive offer. Okay, well, you know what, Matthew? Uh, what can we do to get I'm, better, Ben? Like, I mean, I'm just... Well, I'll tell you the first thing that we can do to get better. Have another drink? We, we can drink more. But I'm, I drank both of mine, so I'm out. So I got I to gotta leave for a little bit to go make myself more cocktails. Huh. So you, what do you want me to do? I don't care what you do. Oh. Okay. All right, so you're going to go make another one of those wimpy cocktails, huh? The Hugos? Yep, yep, and there's no Garrett to save you this time, is there? <laughs> oh. All right, is he gone? Is he gone? So, listeners, let me let me tell you a little bit about Ben, all right? He's, yeah, he's five years younger than me. Pretty smart, but he's, you know, thinks he's smarter than he really is. You know, there's that. Um, it's pain in the butt, you know. Um, also... Not that good looking, you know, like like a little squidgy around the edges. And and, and there's a reason why we don't, you know, videotape our, our podcasts like Garrett and Brad over at uh, at, at Thompson to Clark, um, because, you know, frankly, nobody would watch that. And that, folks, is all I have to say about Ben. <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> and I am not ashamed. I regret nothing. Ah. Oh. All right, you were saying. By the way, I, I switched from. Uh, I, I well, I still have Saint Germain's in here, but I switched to moonshine. Oh, all right. Oh, it's a much bigger cocktail this time around. I see that. Yeah, yeah. I topped it off with. We'll, we'll, we'll say it's club soda. I did a uh, an old fashioned with some bacon mm. bacon infused bourbon, cherry liqueur, and some Angostura bitters. Maybe we should move to the two cocktail model, right? Maybe that's that's what we should do. Is like you know because the Giants are playing so poorly, it's now going to yeah, be exactly. Don't come for the Giants, come for the cocktails, right? I it's going to be it's going to be many giant cocktails. New title. <laughs> okay, but anyway, you were about to ask me a question. Yeah, what can we do to get better? What? can we do to get better you mean aside from the plan which is do nothing and wait for the old guys to get hot yeah i was hoping for something a little bit more magical than that (laughs) well okay okay well i mean well we just talked about one of the things and what we can do to get better is we can wait two to three years yeah for yeah for all of these young guys to come up and and start making a difference right the uh, the you know Luciano's who he's twenty, right? 
the Will Wilson who just broke his hand, uh, his hamate bone. Oh, yeah. Uh, Giant Giants fans will remember that Pablo Sandoval broke each the hamate bone in both of his hands uh, at different times. Well, when you're a switch hitter, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So so that's one thing. Um. But you know what, Matthew? We're fans. And the one thing that fans get to do is we don't have to worry about things like finances. We don't have to worry about things like contracts. And, you know, we're fanatics. We, 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 we care about the team. Yes, we love individual players. But at the end of the day, Matthew, it's what the San Francisco Giants do, not what, you know, Mike Talkman does. Right. Light it on fire, Ben. That's right. Torch it. So I'm going to read to you some numbers. Okay. okay. Are we all familiar? Are you familiar with the stat? You've always given me this WRC stat, this wins. Weighted you know, runs created plus. Yes, yes. Inflated runs created must. <laughs> or something. I, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Are you familiar with the stat called war? Yes. Wins above replacement? Yes. Yeah, it is also a cumulative stat, but but what it tries to do is is calculate the value of a player relative to what a a replacement player would do if in their place, right? And, and a replacement player is basically a um, league, a, a league triple, average. Well, no, it's not the league average. It's below average. It's it's what you would expect a triple A player to do. Ah, uh, yes, okay. If they came up and replaced you. So, so basically, if you have a negative number here, the stat is saying that you're worse than a AAA player. Okay, so you'd never want to be negative. It basically means you're taking wins away from your team. Mm. Okay. Something tells me we got a few negatives on the Giants. Sure. We we have we have a lot of negatives. Um, uh, I don't even want to count them, but it looks like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> now, now remember that everybody who's on the roster. There's only well, 40 it, on the it, 40 it, it, well, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I will count them. One, two, three. Everybody count with me. Four, Four five, five, six, six seven, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. There are eighteen eight. Giants players with negative wars. Is what you're telling me, right? Correct, and number eighteen was was uh, Jose Alvarez. Number seventeen was Stephen Duggar, and number sixteen was Stuart Fairchild. Oh, Stuart! We hardly knew yeah. you. Now those guys are just barely, barely had a negative impact on the team. But I want to talk about some names at the top of the list. I want to talk about one, two, three, five of four of the top five. Well, actually, you know what? I do see a name on here that I do want to call out. There's a guy on here who has not played very many games for the Giants, and his war is negative 0.4, which is pretty big for this time of the season, folks. And um, this is probably going to make a lot of you angry and upset, and 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 but I'm just going to say it. it it's, it's Heliot Ramos. Yeah. So that's the future, folks, that everybody's clamoring for. And, and why isn't he playing more? Uh, that's why. He has been the fourth worst player on the San Francisco Giants this year. Uh, that's why he's not playing more. Um, and that's why you don't rush people. But I want to talk about 
the players on this list, and, and I'm going to go in reverse order, but I'm really starting with the guy that I've been picking on since last year, which is Tommy Listella. Tommy Listella is the fifth worst giant this year. He's making five and a quarter million dollars. He's supposed to be our starting second baseman, but we all know he's not as good as Tyro Estrada, so he can't be our starting second baseman. But the Giants have also determined that he is so immobile that he can't play defense to the quality of other second basemen that the Giants have, like corner infielder David Villar. I mean, that's how bad Tommy Listella is at defense right now, is that they think he is a worse option than everybody else that they put at second base. And Tommy Listella. And so where do they have to put him? They have to put him in DH. So what does that mean? That means that Jock Peterson can't be your DH. Right? Jock has to play out in the outfield. And folks, if you've been watching the last few days, (laughs) really if you've been watching all season, but especially been watching the last few days, you know why you do not want Jock Peterson playing in your outfield on a regular (sighs) basis. I just have this vision of him running three steps in the other day and then watching that ball travel over his head. Like it was like Little League all over again. Like watching my kids, even though you tell them first step should be back, first step should yep. be back. Nope. Always go back on the ball. It's yeah. always going to be further back than you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, I mean, I have bad Josh news to tell you about. The ball real f- I have bad okay. news to tell you about Listella, actually. What's that? What's that? His salary for next year. What is that? Eleven point five million. <laughs> so the Giants backloaded his contract. Oh, for whatever my. reason, and so the last year of his contract is by far the most expensive. So if the Giants admit that they've made a mistake, it's going to be an eleven and a half million dollar mistake. Okay. Well, so I have a couple things to say about that. First of all, Farhan Zaidi, that was your first long term contract for a guy who was perpetually injured. I mean, just go look at his baseball reference. Yeah, The guy's never been healthy. I don't know what you were thinking, giving him a three-year contract, especially backloaded for $11 million when he's going to be 34. I mean, they don't want to spend money in the long term, right? We, we Didn't we just talk about that? We just talked about that on this show before I went off and made my second cocktail. Yeah. We just talked about how they don't want to spend that kind of money. They're spending $11 million on Tommy Listella, and that was Farhan Zaidi's first long-term contract as the giant, as the head of baseball operations for the San Francisco Giants. That's an awful first contract. Tommy Listella has never played more than 100. The highest he's ever played is 123 games, and that was in 2018. And he's, he's what, in his 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th season... He's, that's the only time he's played over 100 games in his yeah. entire career. So that's that. This is what I'm saying, Matthew. Like, like Tommy Listella is a waste of space on this roster. And if the man cannot play, if he is not physically able to play second base, he is the fifth worst. Sorry, he's the fifth. You know, he is the fifth worst San Francisco Giant so far this year in terms of war. Put him on the 60-day DL. Get him off of the 40-man roster. Get him healthy. You know, he'll come back and be eligible to come back sometime in September, but at least the roster is expanded by two spots by then. 
right? But what that does is it allows you to bring somebody else. Either you make a trade or you bring up one of these younger guys, but it most importantly frees up the DH. And then maybe Tommy Listella can be healthy next year when we're when they're paying him $11 million. But at the end of the day, a bad player is a bad player, and it doesn't matter how much money you've already sunk into him. That's a sunk cost, right? Like, you can't get that money back, and you're not going to get that money back by forcing a bad ball player to play. Right. So I think the best hope for Tommy Listella is to go back on the, the IL and stay there until he's healthy, hopefully, preferably until next season. That's Tommy Listella. Now, we already talked about Elliot Ramos, who was the fourth worst giant this year. I'm curious, who's the, who, who, who's the number one? Are we going to get there? Oh, we're going to get there. Okay. We're going to get there. Okay. Third worst, third worst at San Francisco giant. We're paying him only $2.5 million this year. He has a 0. 0.7 war, is Jake McGee. <clears throat> a negative 0. 0.7. Negative 0. 0.7. Jake McGee. Um, the guy that's supposed Jake to be McGee. our setup man. Correct. Correct. I mean, DFA him or make him pitch in the fourth or fifth inning when, when things are already out of hand. And I think they've already kind of moved in that direction, right? We've we've seen Brebbia and Dominic Leone move up. Yeah. We've seen Rogers and but especially McGee move down. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of McGee lately. No, we haven't. And and this is a contract they could eat. Right. And yeah. we're going to be ruthless. We're going to be fanatic about this. Like the Giants, like based on the way that McGee has played this year, they're better with, off without him. Same thing could be said for the second long term contract that Farhan Zaidi has ever given out, who was in year one this year of a three year contract. And I was advocating to put him back on the 60 day DL before it happened is Anthony Desclafani. Right. You yeah. heard me rant about him last week. I don't think I need to say anything more than that. I, and the Giants, uh, 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 sorry, the Giants evidently agreed yeah. because it's ankle surgery for Disclafani. He's out for the season. And and frankly, like, it, good. Yeah. No, That's that where didn't he needs to be. I mean, he, yeah. he was hurting the team quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And with Jacob Junis back in maybe a couple weeks, you know, maybe we can, uh, you know, that we could absorb that loss. Right, and I think the Giants have enough um, depth to 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 uh, weather losing Desclafani, and and you know if he gets healthy and the surgery works and he comes back next year and he has two more years on that contract, uh, and and maybe he's fine and great, and then that was that was absolutely the right move if that ends up happening, but I think it's still just the right move just to get him off this roster and stop losing games for the Giants. The number one guy. And this is a guy whose name I've heard the Giants, you know, they've been pumping him up. They've been saying a lot of good things about him. Everybody's saying he's going to turn the corner. He's going to turn the corner. It's, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. But the man is 35 years old. He has a spotty track record as a Major League Baseball player. And he's having a very, very bad year. And I'm just going to say it's time to call it on Darren Ruff. The no! worst San Francisco Giant. Oh, Darren. Darren. It's time. Well, well I mean, you know, but here's the thing. They've been talking about him the same way they talked about Maurizio before he went to the Astros. <laughs> talking him up so they can maybe increase his trade value? Maybe. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Darren Ruff can be traded right now. Yeah. Well, like, he doesn't have a lot. Think, he doesn't have the defensive uh, uh, skills that Dubon had, at least, right? I mean, you had somebody who had 
Dubon was a very good defensive player with some upside at, at offense. Uh, yeah. Ruff is kind of a one-trick pony. Yeah, well, and Maurizio Dubon's going to the playoffs this year. <laughs> That's right. Maurizio Dubon could win a ring this year. Yeah, best thing that happened to him, getting traded. Yep. Yep. So that's it. I mean, and, and so that's, you're saying, so I, I that think, is like burning it down. That's like getting rid of a core players that were so s- instrumental to last year's season, right? I mean, you're. That's right. I'm saying keep, get rid of Lestella, McGee, Desclafani, and Ruff. Now, not necessarily get them off the team, but put them onto the 60 day, get them off the 40 man roster. Well, with Ruff, and I'm saying with Ruff he, you're going to have saying, to either DFA, you're going to have to DFM or trade him, all right? I mean, there's just, well, unless he yeah, comes up yeah. with some phantom injury, right? That's, you know, keeps him. Agree. Yes. Yes. Ruff is going to have to be DFA'd, and I think the same would be said for McGee. I mean, also, McGee, you could just put it the, you know, you could, like I said, you have him pitch lower uh, leverage innings, right? Yeah. Uh, but, and then somebody else on the, on the, on the, in the bullpen is going to have to go then. Uh, what? To keep McGee? Is yeah, he. Right. Yeah, because if you're going to... Well, I guess that's just... There's one guy we're not getting rid of. Right. We're just not getting better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know anybody else that is currently on the 26-man roster that you would... Well, I, I'm not really clear. They make they change the roster so often these days. Well, I guess... I don't exactly... Yeah, I guess Well, with the pitching staff, it's... We're basically riding with the same bullpen that that did fairly well last year. Um, right. and so the only thing I think they sent down, they sent down Latell uh, earlier yeah. this year. He's the only guy that maybe has been a casualty of that. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I think if we want things to get better, we're going to have to make some stra- some drastic changes. And, yeah. and, and so does, is that in the plans? Like, I, I think that, you know, the next, obviously the next 30 days are going to be really instrumental in that because, you know, the trading deadline's coming up and, you know, whether, what, what is it, are the Giants in it to win it or are they content with just trying to ride this season out? And, you know, I, I think they're going to make some moves, especially for guys like Ruff and McGee and who, who only are on one year contracts. Yeah. Right. The, those guys are definitely, um, uh, expendable. You know, I, I think they will not, I think they will hesitate. They have been hesitating, right? I, I think that the organization really likes Dar- Darren Ruff a lot, and they do not want to do wrong by him. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, he is the worst San Francisco giant. Yeah, he hasn't he has been. Hurt- and yeah, he hasn't been producing. And so, yeah, I think that those are the types of players that they're going to have to try. I mean, there, there's not really a trade market for those guys. I think they'll probably, if they're going to get rid of them, it would be through a DFA. However, what do you think about? Like, I mean, if they're really going to try and figure out something, like they brought up VR, who's a third baseman by trade. And they're putting him at second base. Right. But (laughs) could you see Longoria being traded? I mean, he would have to, he would have to give permission, but let's say, let's say the Marlins or, you know, someone like that is looking for a third baseman. Someone where, you know, maybe or he ends back up in Florida somehow or something. I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like the Giants could get creative in that way. Something out of out of left field, you know, or third base, I guess I should say, that would uh, be a little bit different than just the traditional DFA. He's been hinting about retirement. Right. Exactly. So like this is his last year. Maybe they they send him to a contender. He gives the contender. Right. It would have to be a serious contender. I think. 
but then that opens a up a spot, contender right? or it's Tampa Bay, right? Like, and, and Tampa Bay, I think is, I, I, I haven't looked at the stats recently, the standings recently, but I believe they are a serious contender, uh, but it would have to be a serious contender. Um, and I think, yeah, in that case, if they could get anything back for it, even if it's just something that tries to make them better because it's at a different position, like second base, uh, then sure. Sure, I would absolutely see that. And then you you just ride with, with um, Valar slash Vossler slash Padlow. I don't know. Not Padlow. Padlow's defense was just too 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 bad. Um, I think Padlow, the Giants isn't Padlow care. back in uh, Seattle now? I think he got traded back to Seattle. Oh, is he? Did he? Oh, that's right. He did. That's right. He's, he's back to Seattle. Well, but he's at Seattle. And the, the Giants in Seattle, yeah, they just trade players trade for him back so and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, Tampa Bay is second is in the second wild card spot in the American League right now. So right, yeah. So I think I think that would be. I think he would absolutely go back there for his you know his his final season. Yeah, I, I think uh, to be a, to to play in the playoffs and, and make a push. Yeah, I think that 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 they he would absolutely do that. Um, and I think that's actually a, a really great way for the Giants to find trade leverage and still try to stay relevant in their own race. Yeah. Right. It's kind of a, a win-win situation. That's an interesting solution. I, I think we will definitely see some moves. But what I'm saying is, is that like I, I just don't see how they can continue to bet on these guys who have continually not paid off this year. Right. Um, and I, I think, you know, we've already seen it with Desclafani. I think Listella, we I mean, the guy has to be eligible for the 60 day at this point. Right. If you're not willing to play him at second base because he's too what? What is he? What's the problem? Oh, yeah. His, What's the problem? Why can't he play second he base? Can't, he can't move. Yeah. So Right. So he's hurt. Right. He's playing hurt. So put him on the 60 day. Right. He, he, he is hurting the team. He's not just hurting the team with his play. He's hurting the team because he takes away the DH spot from other players that should be should be using that position so that we can have a stronger defense on the field. Like Tommy Listella is 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 a double negative for the Giants. And and they absolutely and I get it. They can't get rid of that contract because of their egos or because it's just too high of a number or because they really, really believe in him. Whatever it is, I get it. But let's get him on the 60 day DL so he can get healthy and that the team this year can be better. That's what I'm saying. Uh And, and And I, you know, these guys, right, like these are the top five guys. Well, and I, and I think I think you're right. I mean, looking at I could see why Tommy Lestella was an attractive piece to add, you know, for 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 Farhan. Uh, I mean, just looking at his previous numbers, I mean, he's really good numbers. I mean, gosh, with 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 the Angels before he came over, I mean, he had a 353 on base percentage. I mean, and a 483 you know, uh, slugging, and so an OPS of 836 while he was with the Angels. So that's a guy at second base that adds so much value, but we haven't seen anything close to that. Yeah, and yeah. and and so, yeah. Is it you know? I, I feel like there's you know we're running out of time to, on the Tommy Lastella experiment, and um, it's it's not had, looking good. Yeah, he had three good seasons, but they were all injury. But every season that he has had in his nine seasons has been injury riddled. Yeah, I think I think what what kind of maybe masked that was in 2020 when they only played like what 60 games. He played in 55. So you know that's. Uh, that's the one year where you're like, wow, he played in all these games. But uh, but who's to say that that would have continued had they played a full season? Yeah, I mean, it was a gamble. I, I think they were gambling on him staying healthy. Yeah. And and, and they lost. You know, yeah. Yeah. Just like with Kevin Gossman. Boy, were they wrong. 
Right. Um, you know, shout out to Odd Ones Out if anybody knows that. All right. <laughs> Uh, All right, so you're saying so those are some big moves. Like let's let's burn it down. Let's uh, let's let's trade I mean, let's players that we we that were successful last year, but clearly are being a negative to us this year. Let's or not trade them. Let's DFA them. Let's get rid of them. Let's let's add. Uh, yeah, I think it depends on who they add, right? I mean, are you saying giving giving guys in the minors opportunities or or trying to you know get trade pieces uh, that could help us right away? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm just a drunk fan. <laughs> I got to say, I'm getting a little drunk too on the second drink. I never have two drinks, and this time I'm like, woo, two drinks, woo. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm, no, I mean, I'm saying like, if you can make some trades, like, I, I, I think what we need, what we need is a, we need a right-handed first baseman. Maybe that could be Valar, right? And we need a left-handed third baseman, and we need a left-handed second baseman. Those are the things that we need. We don't, and we don't need guys that are great right we just need we need platoon players right well, we need guys we need... that can hit right handers better than 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 uh, estrada and longoria right i mean that's... correct correct that's it that's it and and we need you know we've got plenty of and we need a darren ruff replacement yeah well you know right? who could be a da- well i was just gonna say who could be a darren ruff replacement is Luis gonzalez but he's a left-hander so it's not really a apples to apples kind of comparison but no, we need Luis Gonzalez to play. I, I mean, I, Luis Gonzalez has to play in the outfield, or or he's, um, yeah. I mean, I think Luis Gonzalez plays in the outfield for better or for worse. I think he's better defensively than uh, than, than than Jock. Yeah, oh, definitely than Jock. Yeah, so that's where Lestella's tr- you know, DFA comes into play, right? Because then right. Gonzalez plays in in the outfield, and and Jock Peterson is a DH. Right, and then against and then against lefties, it's you know it's it's the Darren Ruff uh, replacement and whoever, yeah, right, correct, correct, uh, and so yeah, I mean those maybe those are the things VR, that we need, right? I mean, who knows? I mean, I think maybe that, it is yeah. right. Like, I mean, the guy's been tearing it up all season long. He had a really good twenty twenty one as well. So, you know, maybe he's ready. Maybe he's ready to play at the major league level. Right? He looked good in his first game. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know where we get these guys from, but what I'm saying is, is that I don't think these guys are that hard to get, right? Because hmm. we're not talking about superstars. We're talking about platoon players who are going to play at least at the same level as a replacement player, which is better than Lestella and Ruff, right? That's what I'm saying. All right. So let's say things don't get better. Uh, okay. Good so, chance that that so happens. The Giants just continue their plummet. By maybe two weeks from now, they're maybe even behind like the Diamondbacks, and uh, the season is done. What are we as San Francisco Giants fans supposed to do, Ben? <laughs> well, we're, we already talked about drinking more, yeah, which you which and I are doing. You and I are doing, right? On my second drink, I'm feeling really good by now, actually. Yeah, I mean, so the first thing is, I, I think, I, I'm going to start at the bottom of our list here, which is is to do the things that we're talking about right now. And and imagine that the Giants are sellers, right? And start looking and watching the Giants and start thinking about which of these guys on the team can we trade to make our minor league roster better, right? Um, and, and start rooting for those guys to do well. <laughs> as, as morbid as that sounds. Right. I, I think I mean, I think Jock Peterson is is a perfect Jock Peterson is almost a perfect signing. 
right? Yeah. I know I, I, I already tore the front office up earlier in this, but but Jock Peterson in many ways is a perfect signing. Well, he's going to be the starting outfielder was... for the National League in the All-Star game. Right, right. And he's on a one-year contract. And so so he, you know, like the Giants do not have any control over him for next year. Sure, the Giants might want to bring him back because, you know, I, I think he's a guy who, who people are interested in. He puts butts in seats and... and but at the same time, you know, he's going to be very, very sought after as uh, as a trade target. Right. Well, they could they could and trade him and bring him back. Right. I mean, it's not like a either or. That's right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They, well, you can start to get creative like Matthew did and starting to think about scenarios like what about Longoria? Right. Um, what about Brandon Belt? Well, you know, Brandon I mean, Belt would have to OK uh, it. Right. So you'd have to. I mean, he's a five and sure, ten player. Right. So he's, sure. Well, yes, but, you know, that doesn't mean fans can't fantasize. <laughs> All right. Right? We're fans. We're, we're not in the front. We don't actually have to make these things happen. Right? So, so that's the first thing that you can do. The second thing that you can do is start to think about things like Mr. Aaron Judge. How much money is it going to take to get him, the Bay Area native, to play for his hometown team? Boatload is what it's going to take. Because you're, well, you're, you're competing against the Yankees, right? So Yes, yes. But you can start fantasizing about it, Matthew. Sure, okay. Let's These fantasize. are the things that a fan yes. can do. We can fantasize about signing Aaron Judge, Bay Area native. And we can, we can hope every day that we wake up and we don't read an article that says he signed an extension with the Yankees, which he still has not done. Yes. Oh, he's going to test the market for sure. Yes, and he is absolutely going to talk to the Giants. He's going to be all ears of the Giants. If the Giants want to show up for Aaron Judge, he will listen. Okay. And this is a guy. This is a guy that could set the American League record for home runs this year. Correct. Right. So it's not like this is just Aaron Judge. This is one of the best home run hitters of all time. Sixty. Sixty-two. It would be sixty-two. Sixty-plus home runs. Yes. Sixty-two. Better than Roger Maris. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's what you can do, right? You can start to peruse all of those targets. Uh, and uh, there are many. There are many. And you can start tweeting about them. And you can start adding the San Francisco Giants and Farhan Zaidi. And you can you can start adding uh, Aaron Judge and encouraging him to test the market and come home to the Bay Area. Uh, so that's that's another thing that you can do. But the last thing that you can do if you live in the Bay Area... Or heck, you live in Richmond or Eugene, Oregon. Sacramento, less so. Is you can go watch those guys play. Those San Francisco Giants organization players play. And the Squirrels, the Emeralds, and the San Jose Giants are all over 500 baseball teams with young, exciting players. And, you know... Uh, you can go to a minor league baseball game and watch them play, or you can just follow those guys online, right? Just check their stats, check the box score every day. That's a, you know, that's a great idea because I actually have not been to a Giants minor league baseball game. Uh, I used to live in San Diego area, and I would go see the Lake Elsinore Storm play 
uh, every now and then. Uh, I actually lived in Riverside for a few years, and I would see the Los Angeles team. Um, I'm forgetting what their minor league team was, but uh, the Cucamonga Quakes, Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. I would see them. I actually had my son's birthday party at a Rancho Cucamonga Quakes baseball game. Uh, minor league baseball is fun. It's a lot of fun to, to watch. Uh, they they actually make the, the, the game entertaining, and it's a lot cheaper than a major league game, for sure. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I will say that the Squirrels, Emeralds, like I said, the Squirrels, Emeralds, and San Jose Giants are all above 500 teams, which bodes well for the Giants' future. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know what? I mean, we should do that, Matthew. We should go to a San Jose Giants game. Oh, we're gone, for sure, because, you know, we could probably see some better quality baseball. Well, we can actually d- determine whether or not they play better defense. <laughs> which I think right. they might. I think that's the one area where, you know, the, 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 the San Jose Giants would probably be better. It, I agreed. I, I hope so. Anyway, I hope so. <laughs> All so, right. So those are the, that's what you can do. All right. Well, I think Giants we need to do some of that for sure. Because late into the season. But you know, it's not over. It's not over. You know, no. we got we got a lot of time left, and and I think the next few weeks are going to tell whether we are buyers or sellers, and whether the season's going to be uh, coming down to a playoff spot or we're looking to next year. Matthew. I don't know if it was exactly eight minutes ago that I was burning Darren Ruff. Did he just hit a home run? But he hit a game-tying home run eight minutes ago. <laughs> I'd like to think it was just as I was torching him. I, I think it might have been, actually. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. If that's what it takes, gentlemen, like, listen. Hey. Listen, I will badmouth you all day long. Darren Ruff, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, you guys all suck. If that's what it takes to make you guys play better... I will do that. I will badmouth you all day long. So the Giants have four runs on four hits, and it's tied four to four, which only means that the Giants are going to lose on a walk off tonight. So that's where I'm at in this season. Uh, why does it all? Why does suddenly my man Camilo have to be the goat? The, the, no. <laughs> remember when goat meant bad? Do you remember when they used to say, "Oh, he was the goat"? Yeah, and it was, meant that he was the guy was who, taking the blame. Who, yeah, yeah, who took the blame, played the game, but you know, and then everybody was like, realizes that goat was an acronym for greatest of all time. Uh, anyway, yeah, it, why? When it suddenly Camilo has, has left us. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, is the show over yet? <laughs> well, no, it's not over yet because we got to look mm. to see who are we playing next. I don't even know who we're playing next. Uh, I mean, I hope whoever it is has never played baseball before, because if they have, they're going to beat the Giants. Well, we're playing the Padres. Oh, they've played baseball before. They have. Uh, oh, they've been scuffling, though. They've been scuffling. And if there's any team that would allow the Giants to get better, it would be the Padres. Have you seen their City Connect uniforms? Oh, my gosh. Those things are the most hideous things that I've ever I seen. I appreciate what they're trying to do with the whole dual culture thing, but man... Those are worse than the creamsicles. Totally. Oh, just just goes to show. Padres are going to padre. Yeah, yeah. So we got. So we, we got, got that going for us. Yeah. We got that so we going got four for games us. against the Padres in San Diego after we leave Arizona, and then oh, we. I smell a giant sweep. <laughs> and then we got three games against the Diamondbacks at home uh, before we record again. So. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna get swept there. <laughs> mad 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 bum will be. Well, let's see. He played the first game. No, he won't pitch. He won't pitch. He won't pitch against the Giants. I was going to say he'll no hit the Giants. Oh, whatever. He'll like, come he back won't. on like two days rest and and no and hit the then no hit the Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, so we got we got a little. We it'll be interesting 
to to see how we do against the Padres. Uh, we haven't played a whole lot of the Padres since the beginning of the season, so uh, let's see. You know, if the Padres are scuffling, like, then maybe this is a good time to go see them. So that is it is a good time to see them. You know, but the Diamondbacks are still the Diamondbacks. That's true. And um, you know, they could sweep us today. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe we could sweep them next week. I don't know. I at this point, I'm 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 just I'm I'm wishing for miracles at this point. But uh, folks, we're gonna have some we're gonna have some great cocktails for you next week, and um, yeah, and and hopefully some funny stories. So you know, so come back, and uh, you won't regret it. Yep, that's right. Well, as we wrap this up, Bob, tell them where they can find us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Twitter and Instagram, at Giant Cocktails, where we throw up our recipes for our cocktails. Uh, on Twitter, we try to tweet a little bit during the games and uh, you know engage with fans. Um, it's been a little bit harder lately when we're not winning, but uh, uh, follow us anyway. We're, we're having fun over on Twitter. And, uh, uh, you know, come and see the cocktails and you can get recipes there and, and, and we'll have uh, some as much fun as we can while the Giants are playing the way they're playing. So, I don't know. What do you think, Ben? Should we call it a wrap? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you right. mean on the whole season or just the sh- just today? Well, just just today, I was thinking. Just today. But... I'm not ready to give up hope yet. Talk, talk, to, me, talk to me when we're... Eight games out of the playoff spot, or it's September 1st. All right. Well, at that point, it's going to be like, go flying squirrels, right? I mean, so. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, folks, thank you for sticking around this long. Thank you for sticking with Giant Cocktails while the Giants suck. And uh, hopefully, we'll we'll see you again next week. (laughs) Cheers, Ben. Talk to you next time. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up.